I hope you heard hour one of this podcast because this is going to make a lot more sense if you did. If you haven't, maybe give that a listen before you hit hour two because hour two, we're going to extend our thinking of the bosses and the apparatchiks in the party. Which ones are evil and which ones have been conned by evil? And that question was keeping me up at night. And then I asked another question. Does it really matter? And suddenly, it's as if the water's calmed, the wind stopped, the sky became full of stars, and exactly 66.8 degrees, and I slept like a babe. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Big, huge inhale of air. Feels good to be able to do a little bit. Uh, Today is, in fact, the day... The Lord God has made is an opportunity for us to rejoice, even though it's times like these through which God has decided we shall live. It is, in fact, simply our turn. We get to go through stuff that the, let's see, other time periods have gone, other civilizations civilizations have gone, countries have gone. It's our opportunity to live through tyranny, to test ourselves, to leave for our children. I don't know that we can leave in America better than we found it. I don't. Uh, But we can leave one that is not completely fallen into tyranny. And that's going to take some work. But more importantly to all of this, we can be part of a massive revival. And I do think a massive revival is coming. I think a a Christian revival is coming. And from my worldview, that means a revival of a relationship with God than his with us. Uh, And I do believe there is a massive revival that could happen. And on a temporal basis, to make that happen, we have to be start, be start to identify who in the party is evil and who has been conned by evil. But that's on a temporal basis. On a spiritual basis, I've been asking myself a question. Does it matter that much? Really, if someone is evil or has just been conned by evil, does that matter? It, 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 maybe not as much as I thought it did. And then again... To get our country back, we have to do some real calculus. Because you could take a guy like Mitch McConnell, who is a professional Republican, and you could say, is Mitch evil? Is he conned by evil? And with Mitch, I'd have a very serious question for Mitch McConnell. Truly, and I've met McConnell. And full disclosure, a company I had years and years and years ago, we did work on one of Mitch's re-election campaigns. And the guy I was running against, it was no choice. It was Mitch versus this guy. And so I got to meet with him very briefly. And he was about as friendly as a blackboard. Uh, I got the warmth of him from him that I'm getting right now from the, the squalls of snow that were officially getting squalls. I just pointed to my daughter, just went out and said, Hey, look at the snow. My daughter said, it's insane. And this is, you know, we've lived some places where there's some snow before spent a lot of time in Southern Utah where there's some snow sometimes. But that's what I got from Mitch. But I think in the case of McConnell, we need to know, are you conned? Are you evil? 
or are you what I think you are, which is a uh, opportunistic pragmatist willing to do some things for the country in exchange for you having massive wealth? But that's just my estimation of the man. Because I think there are a lot more people who've been cons than we really think. And keeping in mind Billy Graham's admonition that we're not to go around calling others fools, that he says the Bible makes it clear that it's not our job to decide who's fools because we may well be one. I did look at some scripture on this, and I always do. Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. See, to me, he's describing their people who know they're evil. Because that doesn't sound like someone who's been fooled. That sounds like it's an active tense. Who put, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Put, active tense, you put it there. You switched out the light. You put in the darkness. Numbers 32, 13, the Lord's anger burned against Israel. He made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until the whole generation of those who'd done evil in his sight was gone. Now, in that case, it's very clear that there were people in in Israel who did not know that they, they knew they were doing wrong. Now, when they made the golden calf and danced about it and had orgies about it while Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments on the hill and Aaron, Moses' brother, said, yeah, what's the harm with a golden calf? They knew that they were going astray, but did they know that they were they were they, they weren't evil? They'd been conned. Their fear, their lusts, uh, the 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 passions of the of the flesh, the human desire. It's the it's the it's the sin problem. That's different than evil. Isaiah is saying, "Who put?" And yes, we are in our own desert right now. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt that America is in a desert time. And thank the Lord that he still provides. There is no shortage. There is abundance. It's the party that wants to create the shortage. And then Psalm 92, 5 through 7. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. So that's the part of, does it matter to us, really? Because they'll be destroyed forever. Well, yeah, because right now it hurts. Right now, watching kids commit suicide at record levels, it hurts because that can be our kid. Seeing kids with mental health problems at levels that have never, ever existed in the history of the world hurts. And if you walk through the path that we have, in adolescent and family mental health, you know what I'm saying. It hurts. There's a great book called Crazy by a dad who wrote about their experiences of family with the, the teen and adolescent mental health world. And the book was aptly named Crazy. If you're someone who's had your, your, your job and your pension stolen from you because you wouldn't take an injection that can't help anybody in any way, not even you really, not in any functional way, but certainly doesn't save anyone else's life. Then you know that you, well, you don't know, but you might wonder what's going on. You're in a desert time. People of faith have their own language. And sometimes they call this a season to every season, right? There is a time for, 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 for everything under the sun. 
Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything. This is right now our time to make a decision. And do we fold or not? Does it matter? Truly matter if someone is evil and know it? <laughs> Sorry, I keep getting this thing sick. I mean, if you're evil and you know it, show your horns. If you're evil and you know it, show your horns. If you're evil and you know it, the MRNA will show it. If you're evil and you know it, shoot the kids up with MRNA. Of course it matters because it's the lives of our kids. And it matters more because, in fact, in this world, people come in so desperate and so afraid that they will turn from God when others come and say, no, no, we've got it here. That's the history. Human beings are so fragile. Now, the Hebrews who'd been in captivity all this time in Egypt and had grown used to having three hots and a cot in a state of prison, and they'd grown used to that, and they'd become uh, institutionalized, as it were. And Moses is on the mountain for, their, for, for too long for their liking, and they want to return to form. Man, we don't have a leader anymore. Moses is gone. God has left us alone. Make the golden calf, and once we've made it, hey, that means we can have orgies. Ah. Uh, We've removed God from the lives of kids. We need something greater than ourselves. I know. Veganism, right? That's, there's not all harm in veganism. Unless you start worshiping the animals. And by worshiping the animals, you no longer worship God. Let's make ourselves larger than we are by becoming the different uh, wrong sex. Mm-mm. Let's find pleasures to distract ourselves. America has distracted itself nearly to death. So let's page through this a little bit. Let's together, as we page through this, see if we can't maybe discern who is evil and who is actually just being caught. And then let's really determine if it matters, if it truly matters. We'll get some help on that from God Almighty. The only knee we take is to the Lord, the Todd Herman Show. A lot of people have asked me about when we're going to start to uh, sell subscriptions. That's imminent now. Made the commitment to myself on that, that a lot of prayer this weekend, that I think I have something that will be worthwhile for you. But people have also asked about advertising in the program. Uh, this weekend, I tried some soaps from a friend of mine uh, who has started a company to help his son. Um, and his son has some special needs. And I didn't know that a guy who was as good at email marketing as this guy is could make incredible soaps, but they're incredible. So I'll be having a conversation with my friend about whether or not the economics work to have him on the podcast. Um, if you are a business that wants to grow and you are a, a good and Christian person and you, you engage in smart and, and, and good human dealings with people, I'm not saying that your business has to go out and say, we're a Christian business, but that's my desire. Uh, But it can't be the opposite. And you want to work with a group of really committed people who like you, like this podcast, then get in touch with us, write us a note at the Todd Herman Show and let us know that. And we'll see if the economics work. Because I made the decision this weekend prayerfully that I want to err on the side of building things. 
You know, if, if, if we all do our job and we share the podcast with people and it continues to grow and we work this stupid ghost out with Spotify where the, it's not Spotify. I really don't think they're doing anything wrong. Sometimes the podcast isn't there and I'm bringing in, I've helicoptered in some pretty heavy help on this, you guys. Um, and that's cost me some money, frankly, um, that if we do our job and we share the podcast, we're going to grow the numbers in such a degree. The loyalty is already there. God bless you for that. Thank you for that. God, thank God for that. Thank you for that. That's going to take care of itself. Um, but in terms of erring on the side of building, I really want to see if we can take a run at the, the, the ads that I do are for up and coming companies. Um, not that I don't want to work with big companies as long as they fit that bill. So I hope that makes sense. Go to the Todd leave us a message. Um, and either myself or Jerry will get back to you. And if we decide to move forward, we will absolutely, you and I will have a conversation. I guarantee that I've never endorsed a company where I didn't get to know the owners really, really well. So we were talking about this discerning between good and evil. So I thought what we'd do is give some examples. So there, my question is who in this game is evil and knows it and who in this game is conned. And I have three examples. One of people that I firmly believe are evil. And I'll explain why after we play this, you may have heard this before on the program, this is a whole bunch of people at the Milken Institute and they're sitting here and remember as they're having this glib conversation, they're talking about your lives and your DNA and your immune system and your autoimmune responses and your ability for your body to fight off cancer and your long-term ability to have an immune system. And they're having this glib little conversation. I've been to things like this. Back in the day when I ran with the tech intelligentsia, I would go to these events and the whole thing was, now that I look back at it, your whole thing was to have the glibest, coldest, I'm the smartest in the room line to position yourself as, wow, that's a guru right there. So you would have these, these and, and look, because I'm good at communicating, the Lord has gifted me with that. I could come up, come up with these formulas uh, online video is really typified by some behaviors that uh, we have boiled down into the three C's. It's uh, called control, condense, and combine. And by control, condense, and combine, this is a, a way that uh, uh, viewers have an opportunity not just to control what they're seeing, but to condense it, to watch it in a time that works for them, and then to combine them. Networks are a thing of the past in the modern video environment. It will no longer be network loyalty that people are loyal to ABC or CBS or MTV because they will be combining their experiences under a, in, under a different brand where they're watching maybe even just clips of your programs uh, juxtaposed against clips of people from other networks. And that's an inexorable fact in this control condensing combined environment. So how do we respond to this? And, and look, I, I admit it. That's a pretty good explanation 15 years ago of what online video is going to become. But I wasn't playing with people's immune systems. So I firmly believe these people are evil, and I believe I can make that case. Why don't we blow the system up? I mean, obviously, we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say, hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't given to anyone yet. But there must be some way that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947. In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be, you know, beneficial. I mean, we've done well with that to something that has to be much better. 
uh, you have to prove that this works. And then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity right. of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and, and, and processes. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza, and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way, because you do need both. But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of an, a novel avian virus could occur in, in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. So I make the case that I think these guys speaking at the Milken Institute are evil. And I, I really, really risk running afoul of, of bearing false witness. But it is my deepest sense that they, let me put it this way. If you were to take 30-year-old Tony Fauci and say, look at this man. I, I think you'd have like a ghost of Christmas past thing. Where the Fauci look at that and go, that's unthinkable. And the evil is this. He said something in that clip. In order to replace it with something that must be better. Why? Why must it be better? Guys, these are the same types of people who said and sold this. They went around to pediatricians and they sold people on the idea that breast milk was bad for babies. My mom got sucked into this. And, and I got a lot more formula than, than she would have liked. Because doctors somehow... Doctors convince themselves that breast milk is substandard to powdered junk. And look, I know that some women, I know that, that sometimes people have to use formula. And, and thank the Lord Almighty that he gave us intelligence to be able to have plan Bs. But it's not a plan A. Why must it be better? Because it's more profitable. Because it's faster to market. But that's not the end of the lies. Tony Fauci has lied about everything. Everything. And he knows it. You can't lie and, and know it and not be evil. You can't tell lies on the gargantuan scale that that man has told and not be evil. You can't in my judgment. Not when it leads to the loss of life that it has led to. Not when you are blocking people from getting their lives saved. You can't do that and not be evil. So I believe Fauci sits in that position. I believe he's evil. And I don't know that he knows it now, but if he were 35 or 30, 25, 28 years old, he would know it. Hey, that guy's lying. 
Hey, he's lying. We have immune systems. What's he? That's you. No, that's not me. Yes, that's the that's the Tony of Christmas future. Hey, look, kid, you got to understand something. I'm the highest paid federal employee there is, so shut your yap. My wife works at the NIH. She runs things over there, okay? Sneaky quiet. That's the best way. But does it matter? In the middle of this, <laughs> this guy. Now, this is extraordinary for one reason. He filmed this on his own. And and he is. He is filming this. He's doing his own selfie here, Gav Newsom. And he's at this palatial estate. I'm guessing it's the governor's mansion. But in his own brain, he thought, you know what? That's so good. I got to go out and film this. Or he was goofing with his, you know, uh, his servants or the, 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 the people he pays to genuflect to him or maybe his family. And maybe they're one and the same. I don't know. But it, it, here's Gav in his driveway. And someone's like, Gavin, you got to film that. That's so funny. Boy, th- th- this just in after a long day of negotiation. Finally, finally, the state veterinarian approved the nine reindeer permits. This is great news. That clears the decks of any concern or issues. Christmas is a go. But here's even, this was amazing to me. We negotiated and we were able to work out a deal. I mean, this is only California can do. The reindeer can land anywhere in the state, anywhere in the state to enjoy what they can only enjoy in California. And that is the abundance of our agricultural contribution. So not only are the reindeer going to arrive here in California as scheduled, but they're going to arrive and they're going to enjoy what only California has to offer. My kids are so relieved. I'm so relieved. Permits are never easy, but it's a green light. It's a go. Christmas is here. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm Grim Milestone. Grim news out of the city of Oakland, California, where Santa's reindeer were deerjacked and killed, sliced up, and then cooked for the entertainment of gang members and their betters in the cartel in what some critics are saying was a statement against former President Donald John Trump. Uh, Gavin Newsom, evil? Yes, he does evil things. Un mistakably evil things. Does he know it? There's this saying. You've heard me say in the program before, and I think this is similar to Newsom. Now, the Newsom was raised in the halls of power. He was adopted by a insanely wealthy family and wealth doesn't equal evil. It doesn't, but it happens that this insanely wealthy family, one of the, uh, one of the patriarchs of the family in a later age went out and died of this, this overdose. And um, I saw the wedding that Newsom went to unmasked and I made a terrible mistake. I should have worn a mask. I didn't know there'd be cameras there. And the, the, Oh my gosh, the display that was put on and I'm sorry. It sounds very judgmental. I think it's very hard for a guy like Newsom to understand good from evil because he's been raised around if you want more eat more and if you if, if, if you like the way the food tastes eat it and if you like the way the woman looks take her then if you like the wing that the wine drink more and have more 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 and all this is good and as long as you genuflect on camera to the little people baby you're doing good things does he know this 
See, I was going to use this saying I've used so many times. I used to tell my young staff in D.C., look, the first time you turn a trick is the hardest. After a while, you just get in the car and you let the John drive. And that's, 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 man, I've talked to people for whom that's true. Do you remember the first time you took a bribe? (sighs) No. I remember the first time I sold out. I do. I remember it. I'll never forget it. I was, I was doing talk radio for a living back in the day and I didn't have a lot of money and I was hand to mouth and it was very uncomfortable. And and someone offered me money to endorse a candidate. And I said, I can't do that. Well, Hey, what if you don't use your name? What if you just read ads for us and we'll pay you this much money? And I did it. And as they were running, as I was doing it in the studio, I was thinking, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And then the ads were running. I was sick. Every time I heard it, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Last time, to my knowledge, I ever sold out. To my knowledge. With Newsom, I don't think he ever had a chance. I don't think he can fathom good from evil. Now, the other thing is, I don't think he can fathom something larger than his community. Now, now think about this. I don't think he can fathom something more powerful than what we've had, what he has. You want a private jet? Get your private jet. You want an island? We'll get you an island. You want your wineries to stay open while you shut down the wineries of other people? Just snap your fingers and they stay open. You need something? Call Uncle Nancy or Aunt Nancy in in Washington, D.C. And you've got the something. Someone did you wrong? We'll use the state's power to knock them out. You need good media coverage? Then get good media coverage. Go to the station owner and say, man, I'd hate to find you in, in, in offensive COVID rules. And I'd hate for you to not make it into press conferences. And man, I'd hate it if your advertisers got under scrutiny. I mean, we're really awful. I'd hate it if your ownership, you know, maybe had some problems with the zoning in their homes. And it'd be a real mess because I know they've got that beautiful place up in Santa Barbara that goes right down to the water. I'd hate for something to come along where maybe they, maybe their, their sewer was backing up. or they did. I mean, I'd hate for that to happen. Does it matter? This prince, does it matter? So we've gone from people I contend are evil and know it to a guy like Newsom. And again, I I desperately don't want to bear false witness. I've never met Gavin Newsom. I just watched the results of the policies, the family, the way he's raised, his duplicitous nature, his, his evident ability to crush people and then eat potato chips later or during it. What are you doing, Gavin? (laughs) Crushing people. (laughs) Pass the chips. (laughs) That's evident to me. Now, again, I don't know his soul. God does. But this one. And this is craziness. The ones that really matter are the people doing evil because they've been traumatized by the first two groups. I don't think anyone in this next bit of audio was of the state of mind of the, while this is going on to say, I'm doing evil, I'm doing evil, I'm doing evil. First of all, because it's on an airplane. Airplanes suck. Flying is awful. I've done so much of it. I'm so glad to never have to do it again. I'm so glad I'm banned from flying. Now, that was really not great for my daughter because she wanted to travel the world. And I guess she still can if one day you don't have to be injected. Because God forbid she decides to go get injected. Right now, she doesn't want to do that. 
I've been in these situations and flights where it's so stressful. I was on a flight once with Jim McDermott, the, the very corrupt congressman from Western Washington, who we called him Baghdad Jim McDermott, because as our troops were coming into Iraq, he was in, he was in uh, Baghdad. And he was defending Saddam Hussein as our troops were fighting. We called him Baghdad Jim McDermott, and I had to run, on with, run in with him on an airplane. Well, it was actually prior to getting on the airplane. He was belittling a, a lady working in Alaska Airlines. And do you, he literally said, do you know who I am? And I actually said, yeah, I know who you are, Jim. And that's not your money. It's ours. And you're done being rude to that lady. And it's my turn. And I'm stepping up. I'm not done talking to her. Yes, sir. You are done talking to her because she's told you five times you didn't get upgraded for first class. That sucks. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to talk to her now. I've been on these flights. And when I went, look, I offered to buy Jim McDermott a drink when I was up in first class, because I told the flight attendant, you know what? I can't stand that guy. And he was having a hard day. And would you offer him a drink? And she came back and she said, he told me to say something to you, but I can't. And I said, no, no, it's okay. She goes, no, I, I, I really can't. I said, you know, I'm asking you to. <sighs> she said, the gentleman said he would rather drink urine. I said, did he use the word urine? She said, no, no, a ruder word. <laughs> so I, um, uh, I've never told this part of the story before. So I said, excuse me. And I, I, I stepped, I got out of my seat in first class and I took my water cup, which empty and showed it to Jim. Here's my water cup and headed into the, uh, into the restroom. Get you some, uh, get you something to drink here, Jim. Now, look, I mean, I wasn't being evil, but. So I want you to hear this clip. And this is the crazy thing. See, this part matters. The other two things I don't think matter. Yes, you are. Yeah, but you're fucking Bleeping. Who invited you? I'm eating, I'm eating, and I can drink your ass. Bleeping. Don't you dare talk to me like that. Bleeping. 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 Sit down, Karen. Bleeping. Bleeping. She just she hit the guy in the face. So she just reached over and hit an older man in the face is what she did. She punched him and it was an immaterial punch, but she punched him. You're on an airplane, 30,000 feet in the air. This woman is outraged that that guy's not wearing a mask, but she's not wearing one. He's eating. So he says, I'm not going to wear my mask. She's not wearing one. She wants him to stand up so they can fight in the aisle. And then this other guy gets involved. <sighs> I want to watch my mouth. And I'm, I'm guessing this guy has never been in any physical altercation with anything other than um, like a, a manscape razor. And he says, and he says to her, put on your mask, put on your mask right now. You've got all this impotence, all this anger, all this frustration, all this rage, all this trauma. And that trauma was instituted by the first two classes of people we just talked about. And now it gets real. 
now we really examine. What are the effects of people who are evil and know it versus the effects of people who are doing evil and don't know it? Reminded that you can write to us at the ToddHermanShow.com editorial comments, etc. And I've, I think I said in the first hour today, I finally figured out what my problem is with email. It's me, not you. I love your emails. But I always want to write back with a book. And you know what? It occurred to me now, that's pretty, ha! That's pretty assumptuous of me. That's a big assumption. Man, I act pridefully in ways I never even thought about it. This weekend, I was trying to park somewhere. And, and this guy, he didn't beat me to the parking spot. He just wanted it more. And the old me be like, oh yeah, bud? I, I drive a V8 for a reason with a lift kit. And instead I said, uh, this pride, this pride, he could have the spot. And there I was saying with my email thing that, that one of my challenges is I want to write back. Like you guys tell me such amazing things and I want to write back with six paragraphs. But the, the challenge is if I do that, I will never prep for the show. So I'm, I'm trying to free myself by writing back and recognizing the notes and, and saying something about each note because I, I want to have these conversations with you. I really am blessed by them. I really am. So will you please forgive me if I don't write back as voluminously? And then I can hear people going out, Herman, we got lives too. We don't want a voluminous note, like writing back and saying, cool story, bro, will work. Breaking this down further, the reason that matters is because that guy didn't get on an airplane saying, I am going to go scream at a woman and call her Karen and call her these filthy words. And that woman probably didn't get on an airplane saying, I'm going to find some old dude and fight him. And if he won't fight me, I'm going to sucker punch him while he's sitting down. I don't think she thought of that. Those are completely traumatized people made impotent and put against each other's throats because of people like Tony the Fouch Fouchy. Uh, uh, Bill Gates. And Gav Newsom. And Nancy Pelosi. Uh, every day in America, 330 million people get the COVID corona. And 620 million of them are unvaccinated. And that's why the president insists on having people vaccinated so we don't have one billion people a second dying they're that way because of them that matters why the least of these why because that's what the evil is doing now see this is the multiplicity this is the part that matters so very very much Evil people may have committed so much evil. Well, in fact, we're all of us. All of us can only be redeemed by Christ Jesus. That's it. That's that's true for all of us. But I do wonder if 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 Fauci has done so much. I mean, God could redeem. He could do whatever. He could come back and say, "Okay, Fauci, Tony took the knee to me. He recognizes that he's committed what is tantamount to murder, negligent homicide on the biggest scale that we've seen in 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 this this particular generation of humans." But when you're passing the evil down and you're multiplying it and you're making other people who would just be flying to Disneyland, you're turning them into abusive people, liars, assaulters, causing them to hate their neighbors because they're not wearing a face diaper. That matters. But you know what doesn't matter? 
if the evil people know they're evil. It doesn't. Because I can give example after example. Listen to this. This is ABC This Week. And they bring in a fill-in host, Jonathan Carl. This past weekend of TV is when, you know, see, see people on the bench, behind the bench, getting their shot. Jonathan Carl, his panel assisted, uh, consisted of ABC News political director, Avery Harper, ABC national correspondent, Terry Moran, all big tune-in factors. I know when I hear Avery Parker is going to be on TV, I will drop everything. This is courtesy of Newsbusters. They're talking here about Joe Manchin. And remember when Build Back Better wasn't a thing? Hey, it's Todd. What's going on? Hey, Todd, it's one of your friends in radio. I just want to tell you, man, you are really walking the line talking about Build Back Better. Uh, Man, that is a conspiracy theory. That's been floating around for years. There's no truth to that. You can't go around talking about that. You might end up just, well, you know, one day, you might might not have a a, a live radio show anymore. You just might end up one day, you know, just doing a, like a, just being podcast only, dude. You don't want to have that be your future or anything like that. The only knee we take is to the Lord. The Todd Herman Show. That was my response. I just brought that to the phone. So here they are going after Joe Manchin for voting against the Build Back Better spending orgy. There were reported comments from uh, Senator Manchin uh, in which he privately express concerns about uh, parents using the child tax credit payments to buy drugs or uh, if family paid leave uh, was uh, uh, initiated that uh, folks might use it or exploit it in order to uh, go deer hunting, uh, effectively, uh, you know, resurrecting the the myth of the welfare queen, that Reagan era uh, trope uh, used to argue against entitlements, uh, implying that uh, the poorest among us are uh, inherently irresponsible and incapable of using government uh, services uh, for their intended purposes. Uh, And uh, that is such a glaring statement uh, that uh, outraged folks who heard it and and illustrates just how out of step Senator Manchin is with this current Democratic Party. Wasn't aware. And and as you know, Terry, he's from a state that uh, that Biden only got, what was it, uh, 30 some percent in. Yeah, so he's got that to deal with. He does represent one of the poorest states in the union. He seems to represent the plutocrats a lot. But look, Manchin is just part of the problem. This is a hugely ambitious bill uh, to restructure health care, education, immigration, climate, all different kinds of things. The public in West Virginia and other, word, and other places focused on inflation, pandemic, crime, the border. All right, Terry, unfortunately, <laughs> we are out of time. <laughs> I love the fact that the uh, BIPOC woman of color, Avery Harper, gets seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Terry Moran. Sorry, Terry, shut your white mouth. I'm not saying that's why they did it. I'm just, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. Um, except for this. That woman, Avery Harper, just said that Joe Manchin is a plutocrat. Meaning he is... Powerful because of his wealth and wealthy because of his power. Build Back Better is the brainchild of the wealthiest people in the world who have said as part of it, you will own nothing and you will be happy. That's part and parcel Of Build Back Better. And she's talking about plutocracies. 
because a senator didn't vote for a $1.5 trillion spending bill that had the advantage of putting in place the very mechanisms that would allow legitimate plutocrats, Klaus Schwab and the like, to put in place a surveillance society so that you can have lockdowns because of the weather with climate catastrophes so that the government could look at every single financial detail of anyone who has 600 bucks in the bank in a savings account or an overdraft account, which is a trick the banks pull on on poorer people. And she's talking plutocracies. It matters when people with positions of influence speak a word that if you scratch at the surface of it, they don't understand. But does it matter if she knows? To me, that's the major question. Does it matter if she knows? Last case in point. Before we wrap with the case in point of all cases in point. Before we get to the music. Before we get to the personal note. Alex Berenson points out that a New York Times editor at the age of 49 died one day after receiving a so-called booster shot. Gentleman's name was Carlos Trajeda, was married, had two kids. He'd been at the Wall Street Journal before joining the Times in 2016. In July, he got shot up with the Johnson & Johnson trash DNA AAV COVID vaccine. I added the word trash. Alex doesn't call it that. He was thankful to get it. This is what he wrote. On January 8, 2020, my friend Sui Li Wei uh, reported on the emergence of a mysterious new disease in the um, Chinese city of Wuhan. And he goes through, and I'm very happy to get these injections. And uh, I got this morning, 544 days after the story ran. I'm thankful for the scientists and the medical professionals who defended us against COVID for being able to protect my family. And I'm mournful for so many people around the world who stuff to wait for my country um, takes for granted. Photo by Crystal Cat. So he was very happy. Then he was in Seoul, South Korea. And this learned man, this learned man, this journalist was in Seoul, South Korea. And let me ask you this question. If you'd spent the night drinking wine and your friend came to you and said, hey, let's shoot tequila, what would you say? What are you talking about? Mix wine and tequila? You'll get violently sick. This man decided to get the Moderna booster. MRNA, LNP. Not Johnson and Johnson. There has never been a single clinical trial done to see if it's a good idea to mix these two injections, one mRNA and one DNA AAN. He couldn't have given and conformed consent. As Alex Berenson points out, the consent form was in Korean. He did not read and could not speak it. He joked that Omicron should hit me with your wet snot. Hey, Omicron, hit me with your wet snot. All I had to do was fill out this form in a language I can't read. Translation software tells me I now belong to the BTS Army. He died a day later. The injections clearly killed him, in my judgment. 
is this going to wake up the New York Times? Maybe the three football players who died of heart attacks in the last five days, or soccer players, as I might say, the last five days. 23-year-old Croatian Maureen Kasik, 30-year-old Algerian Sofian Lokar, 29-year-old Omani Malik Al-Rakadi, dead 23 years old, 30 years old, 29 years old in the top physical condition in the world and they died and it's clearly the injections that killed them and maybe that will wake up the New York Times but it won't matter because they know. They have to know. But man, when the hole's so deep, And your existence is built upon the whole. (sighs) How do you stop living the way you're living? When the grift is the definition of your life, when you are willing to seek to your newspaper and say, all right, Russia failed, pivot to race, pivot to race. When you're willing to publish an act of fiction, the 1619 Project, and restructure how people think of the history of your country. When you're willing to do that, there's nothing that can save you. You're unsavable. It's like you're a tax collector. Working in concert with the oppressors. Nothing can save you except actual redemption. But the New York Times has written God out of the equation. I can pray for them and for Gavin Newsom and for Tony Fauci. I can and I should and I'm bound to. And I have to admit, I will not feel it as much as praying for all the people who are being misled and lied to and conned like the people on the airplane. And guys, there's a simple test. There's a simple test to if people are being conned. The New York Times has so much money riding on being good buddies with the Chinese Communist Party, hundreds of millions of dollars. They've got so much money kissing the ring of Big Pharma That the people who own sports teams are so mobbed up at the top of the billionaire class who've got so much to lose by angering BlackRock and the big money scenario players. The people at ABC, Jonathan Carl and Avery Harper, they live in the bubble of all bubbles, paid enormous amounts of money to go on TV and use words like plutocrat that in their very use betray the fact that they don't really know what they mean. Gav Newsom has to be racked with guilt because that man has never had to struggle for a thing in his life. And he has to think everyone else plays the game the way he does because he's never seen it played any other way. And, and, and Tony Fauci long ago forgot the first lie, in my judgment. But there's a simple test for the rest of us. And it's from this story from Spokane, Washington, which is um, east of Seattle. 
city in which I grew up until I was um, just after my first year of, of little tiny college football. I moved to the big city of Seattle. If you won't feed <laughs> desperately hungry people living on the streets in the midst of a massive snowstorm because they're not injected, you have been Jim Jones. You have swallowed the Kool-Aid and it runs you. The only thing I can tell you at that point is your friends are gone. Only God can rescue them. Listen to this from Spokane, Washington. Wrong. Hello, everyone. Casey Whalen with North Idaho Exposed. We're here on Christmas Day, and we're here at a uh, breakfast burrito uh, giveaway, basically for people that need food on Christmas Day. And we're in Spokane, Washington, and we're here with Dan Bell. And Dan helped create this event. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about uh, you had two events. You had one on Wednesday, a food drive, and then you have a, you had an event uh, today. So tell us about those events. Yeah, well... Uh uh, last Saturday, we uh, saw an article from the Gateway Pundit that made us aware that one of the uh, uh, seasonal food banks here in Spokane called the Christmas Bureau is actually not going to serve any food to the uh, unvaccinated or you had to show a negative test within 72 hours. So, um, you know, and one of those organizations affiliated with them was a Catholic church. And, um, you know, as a Christian um, you know, if you're following the teachings of Jesus, it's you, you feed the hungry, right? You feed all hungry. And um, so <clears throat> we wanted to make sure that nobody went without a good hot meal on Christmas. So we uh, decided to come out here and do some breakfast burritos. And we did uh, we did chili on Wednesday night and partnered with um, a great organization called Blessings Under the Bridge. One of my dear friends helps run Blessings Under the Bridge. He's a Coast Guard vet, a teacher, and a man of God. And here's the hint. If you are willing to let someone starve to death, which will eventually kill you, because they have not taken an injection that cannot possibly save them, you have not only lost the plot, you are committing an act of evil and you don't know it. In that case... It matters more than anything we can ever imagine because you've been conned into treating the least of these cruelly. But does it matter overall? See, I have a prayer. I have trouble praying for bad things for people. I look through the Bible and I see instances where Good people have prayed for bad things to happen to bad people. And I'm truly challenged by it. And I think the prayer would go a little bit something like this. Dear Father God, hallowed be your name. Our sanctuary, our banner, our defender, the ultimate physician, the Lion of Judah. You're all these things. Father, I'm so angry to see people turned away in defiance of what you taught and teach. 
and Father, for the evil. You're the judge. I beg you to act swiftly to remove them from power in the method that you best see fit. And Father, for the people who are active and acting in evil ways as bosses and don't know their evil father, I would ask that you would bring upon them the knowledge that can come only from the guilt of having realized they've departed you, turned from you, as throughout history, civilizations have done and bosses have done, and that you would shine a light into their eyes as you did with Saul before he became the Apostle Paul while he still was persecuting your people. And Father God, for the people who are being traumatized into treating their neighbors with hatred, into hating themselves, into redefining their bodies in the image of Big Pharma, into acts of cruelty. Father, I would ask that you would use us, everybody listening as an instrument to draw them back to you. I would ask for just a little bit more time to bring more people to you. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It matters and it doesn't because God is still in charge. I got an email, just hit me to the bone. I'll share that with you and a couple of other ones. We wrap up this hour on the podcast. I do get active on Jack Dorsey's hate machine now. By the way, some of the reasons that I didn't do that there's, I just made people uncomfortable the way I tweeted. I can't say more than that. I'm endlessly grateful for the time I spent live radio. I have nothing, nothing derogatory to say about it at all. Nothing. Such, such great send off I got. But it's at Toddy Herman on Twitter. Same thing on uh, on Gab. And I just say that because if you don't know that I tweet, um, sometimes I like air support. <laughs> I was all over a lady this weekend who was uh, pretending to care about ending homelessness in Seattle. And, and she works for an organization that, that kidnaps, uh, according to my friend Julie, kidnaps kids and then tries to become their, uh, their guardians, kids from good homes. So you'll see things like that on Twitter at Toddy Herman if you choose to uh, interact with me there. It's just another place for us to talk. I got this email from a, a listener, and this is a great, great note. And it's a great way for me to be exposed to a host. I haven't heard a lot of Steve Bannon's show. I've heard more of it lately because a lot of people continue to send me um, stuff from Steve's show. But this is a piece of music. And man, if you're going to get after my heart, it's a song like this and a note like this. And this, this, did, hit me, this did hit me pretty good. It has to do with Steve, um, uh, Steve Bannon played the song. And this is from Russell. And Russell wrote to us at the ToddHermanShow.com, Steve Bannon recently played a song by Beck Goldsmith titled, I Vow to Thee, My Country. Miss Goldsmith's voice is mesmerizing, almost haunting. Though she's British and therefore wrote the song for her queen and for England, it bears relevance for us. When I listen to the lyrics and the mood, I juxtapose the spirit and courage of our founders against the current state of our beloved country. I'm both hopeful and sad. I'm eager to hear your reaction to the song in the same context. And here's the link. So thank you for that, Russell. Um, The song. Yes, it is haunting. Her voice is haunting, but it is a simplicity. I ache for music like this. It is by today's standards underproduced. It's by today's standard, perhaps sentimental, but it also has in it a gift of subtle melody. So many melodies to these days are, are, 
I contend algorithmically contrived to appear to be soaring and inspirational. And they become very, very formulaic. There's no formula here because the, the, the melody is subtle and yet it is catchy in a way that's almost intellectually catchy, which is different from being a, an earworm. And it does carry a message. And I do want you to hear this. And this is the first I've heard of this artist. And so the first time I can possibly share it with you. And this is Beck Goldsmith. And the song is I Vow to Thee, My Country. And we'll play that right now. I vow to thee, my country, all earthly things above and tile and whole and perfect. and I both mean when we talk about uh, the nature of the song as being, well, I said subtle and I think Russell said um, haunting. I think both of those things are true. I hope you hear what I mean about a subtle melody. And on a personal note today, that song brought me just a chill. I spoke See, the song's about patriotism. And I have a question for you, and it's the hardest question patriots are ever going to be asked. And I beg you to think before you respond, because you're going to feel something, because I did when I asked it of myself. Would you be, what would happen to your hope if the flag of America came down, gone. And is it your source of hope? And is it the proper source of your hope? I believe that the flawed men, many of them deists who fought the battle of intellectuals, very hard for people or intellectuals sometimes to come to true faith because they so value their own intelligence and, and those men had vast intelligences. I do believe that they were inspired by God. I do believe that God used them to create a country where people were free to worship him and to live their lives in accordance with his will. 
And I do believe that as that happened in our country, our country thrived. And I do believe that in turning away from, from him, God is saying, okay, eat of the apple of, eat of the, the fruit of knowledge. Eat. Get your fill of your mRNA and it must be better. Have it your way. And so we have. And man, this is where it gets hard. Talk to a man who was a medic in the Vietnam War. And he came upon a group of his fellow soldiers shot and attacked and doing the triage. And these are brothers are dead. These brothers are going to die. These brothers are savable, but only barely. And he began working on a young man who'd been torn up by a grenade and shot. And he kept trying to have him stay still. He needed to apply a tourniquet. But this, this young man would not stay where he put him. He continued to move his body and to tense up and to fight this man. And this man is telling me the story and he's telling me my only hope is to get a tourniquet on this guy and he won't let me get the tourniquet on. And I'm screaming at him, Corporal, let me work. Let me work. And he's calling for help, but there's no help. There's no help. Because everyone else was doing their job and he's alone. And he's looking in his brother's eyes. And the young man was looking up at the cross that had come off of his neck. <sighs> That's what he wanted to see when he exited the world. And so this man said, I just let him go for a second. And I grabbed this cross and I handed it to him and he was fine. And then he just looked at me and he just, he just died. That young man was a patriot and he died for his country. But he died reaching for the Lord because that was his hope. And truly, dear ones, I tell you, I tell you that 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 is our hope. And I just hope you'll think about what we just talked about. I'm sorry for getting a little emotional. <sighs> this is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well. Be strong, be kind, and please do be right with God.